Atamaria, Atamaria, Kitine, Panawari, Kinui, Kitine, Kupu, Tato Ariki. If you haven't offered, <laughs> awesome. Um, so I just want to thank the music team. I've forgotten how stressful it can be on a Sunday morning to try and get everything sorted. You don't know how professional they are as a team. They want to get it right. They want to present an offering through you to the Lord. And, you know, sometimes it's a rush on a Sunday morning. One chord goes out, one thing goes missing. And they're standing there thinking, oh, man, <laughs> I think we undervalue and underappreciate the kind of work they put into. So thank you very much, team. I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, it's easy for me to get up without practice and just go ahead and play, right? <laughs> but it's a lot harder when you're trying to manage it and get it all together. Um, the last few weeks we've been through this series on uh, stories, the story of creation, the story of redemption. Last week we talked about the story of people. Today I want to talk about our story. Our story. Um, who can remember back a year ago? Who has a bit of a fuzzy memory of what happened a year ago? <laughs> yeah. um, it, it just feels like this year has taken so much up, but our, our year starts in September and ends in August, which is a little strange, but that's the way the Baptist Union set it up and we've followed that model. So it's really hard to remember, what did we do back in September? What, what was going on? Well, for one thing, I was on sabbatical. I went away for eight weeks in September. And I went to Belfast. I was part of a conference there, a creative um, uh, theological talks around some new mo emerging movements within the Christian world. And it was so much fun. And our last stop was Rome in November. And so I imagine COVID was already starting to spread at that point, but many of us didn't know about it. But that feels like a long long time ago this thing called COVID has completely taken over us it has shaped everything the way we think the way we talk it's introduced a new language in our in our vocabulary it's it's shaped the way we interact with one another it seems to have brought quite a lot of fear who remembers yeast <laughs> was more precious than gold it really was, going to the supermarkets and seeing these empty spots as people panicked and bought because they're worried, will we still have food? But it wasn't all that bad. There were these moments in which, while you're out and about, you'd encounter someone you knew and, and it was just really cool to see someone that was a friend that you hadn't seen in a while in a place that normally you would just see them and say hi, but all of a sudden it's like, hey, I can see you, you're alive, yes! For other people, it was family time, coming together, forced to be together. <laughs> but for other families who had only ventured here a year ago, all of a sudden being thrust into this, there was a lot going on in this time, quite a lot. I think, Mur, are you here today? Mur's not here today, but she coined this term, that, uh, this, this little phrase... <laughs> that kind of summed up how people were feeling for a little while there, you know? And Hot Gossip jumped on it and, and publicized it, you know? If you can't read it, it says, in these uncertain times, 
Only one thing is certain, I need my coffee. And for others, it was, you know, a good time. I mean, is Kenny here? Yeah, what's this? <laughs> While the rest of us are suffering, he goes out and catches this beast. You know, so it wasn't all that bad for some of us. And for some of us, the catch was even bigger. For some of us, it was even in the midst of all that is going on, life kind of continues, right? Our story. There's a lot that's changed, even for us as a church, right? We had uh, different pastors last year. We had um, Zach and Courtney, who are our youth pastors. We had Gareth as our associate this year. We've welcomed a new youth pastor in Andy. And we've farewelled Gareth and Courtney and Zach. We've farewelled Jane as our administrator. And we've hired a new administrator in Lisa. There's been a lot of, you know, administrative changes in our church. But, but the world feels like it's changed quite a lot. Feels like it's. Well, what are you doing, God? <laughs> what, what are you doing? What are you doing with us? Let's not look at the world as a whole because the world is crazy and it's always changing. And you don't know what you're going to read next. Sean Connery dying? I never thought the guy could die. <laughs> Isn't he a Highlander? <laughs> For those of you who are that old to know what an Highlander is. <laughs> He was 90. What are you doing, God? What are you doing with us? What are you doing with us as a community of people? Your community that you've put us here. What, what are you telling us? What are you saying? What, what is he saying to us? Because, you know, COVID has a way of deafening us a little bit. We just kind of don't want to hear anything. But God still is working. He is still working amongst us. What is he saying? Do you know this is our 91st year as a church? In March, we will be 92 years old. Been around a bit, eh? We're older than Sean Connery. <laughs> this church was planted by Petoni over 91 years ago. So we're into our 91st year. There is a lot that has come before us. Someone asked, why do we meet? And I made the comment, because we can. Because when we couldn't, we wouldn't, we wanted to. It's kind of like when God created. Why did he create? Because he can. Why did he send Jesus? Because he can because he wanted to, because we want to. That's why we still meet 91 years later. Why do you meet? We meet for his glory. Why did he create? He created for his glory. Why did he redeem? He redeemed for his glory. Why do we meet? We meet because his glory. And I'm not talking glory as in, you know, as I've said the last few weeks, it's not about sporting triumphs. It's a slight murmur there, right? <laughs> Should we laugh? Should we not laugh? Should we say anything? How many black shirts am I seeing this morning? Oh, I've got a black shirt on too, hey. <laughs> we do it for his glory, for his revelation, to show the world our God. 
and we meet because we love him just as he loves us he created because he loves us he redeemed us because he loves us and we meet because we love him 91 years of this 91 years we are God's people we are called we are called to love and to serve and to give all we are to sacrifice all we are for his kingdom come right here because guess what? We are called here. This is our calling right here. It's a burden. Anyone want to pay $50,000 a year on insurance? It is a burden. This building, as Lisa is finding out as our admin, is funky. There are nooks and crannies everywhere. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of pastors buried somewhere in this place. <laughs> and some lost kid who's still looking for his mom. There are so many little spaces around here you wouldn't know about. There are so many problems and so many things that we're holding on to. But we are called here. We cannot ignore that. We cannot just sweep it aside. our story remember this look on the floor people that was that yes Grant gave me a call one day it was raining in downtown Wellington and said Rob there's all these carpet tiles they're brand new but they've just been ripped out and we can get them it's free we're going to get over it and this is Andrew Bardsley scratching his head going what do we do with all this <laughs> <laughs> And yet people gathered and scraped the old glue off and cleaned them and there were people with, with, with hair dryers and, 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 and you're standing on it now. People ripping out the old chairs out the back. Hours of hard work. Why? Because we are called here. Grant's not here today, but you know, <laughs> getting those tiles downstairs oh my goodness the hard work that we put in to make this right because we believed in a calling we believed that God wanted to work through this place through us and so we invest our time and our effort and we want to see God glorified through every step in this place and all we're doing is really piggy banking off the previous 91 years of hard work from people who faithfully gave to this place, who faithfully prayed and faithfully gave their time. What is God saying? I use this verse because I thought, what verse? You know, you're always kind of, God, give me a word, give me a word. And he goes, you preach this ad nauseum, Rod. There's like three times I think you've done sermons on Revelation. I want you to say this to my people. And I looked at it and I thought, okay, cool. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And I can't even begin to tell you back in March what we were looking at as a church. I can't even begin to tell you the hours 
Richard and John and Andy and Lisa spent looking over numbers, thinking the doors shut, thinking there is no way forward in this. We go three months without rent, we're in serious trouble. And what about our people who are suffering themselves? My wife was laid off one day before lockdown. Others were reduced in their hours. How can we expect more money from our people? How are we going to make this happen? And what was affirmed in all that time for me was we are called here. Our last finance meeting, I think it was the first time we were laughing and joking in a long time. Because the pressure of just wondering, are we going to make it? Who do, what do we need to do to make it happen? Is God changing what he had told? No. Through you, the door was open. For some of us, it's a challenge. You know, I don't know what to do. I need details. Where's the money going to come from? Are we sure I'm too busy? I, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm tired. And yet God still continues to work through us and miracles do happen sometimes it feels like it takes its toll sometimes we just want to get up and run away screaming we're scared if the government was to announce another important COVID meeting thinking are we going into lockdown again the UK just announced now for a month they're going to go into lockdown. These things scare us. But God has an open door. He's a God of open doors. Commit your way, Psalm 37.5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. It's, it's actually quite a relief to know that all we need to do is trust God, right? That's all we need to do. Cool? <laughs> I can see something going, yeah, sure. Anything, Rob? Trust the Lord. So what is he saying? Last year, we started this upside down church. For those of you who weren't around a year and a half ago, Everything was upstairs. All the children's ministry, all the youth, everything was upstairs. And we got this call from Reading and that changed everything. We had to revision what, how can we do ministry and we turned it upside down. And instead of uh, rentals going to, the prime rental areas going to retail, it's gone to ministry now. That was the original vision of this church. It wasn't rocket science. This is not a new revelation for us. This was always the intention of people when they wanted to come here over 12, was it 12 years ago now? August of 2008. Their intention was to do ministry straight out the front. But over time, we just re regressed and retreated further, further into the back. So God had to do something for us, right? Kind of gave us a bit of a nudge back out the front. And that's what we started last year, Upside Down Church. We also kind of looked at what is it that we're doing here. We're strong in faith, we're rich in love, we're released in action. And we kind of reworded those things and gave them one word rather than action. We're going to talk about outreach. It's still action, but we're going to make it very specific. We're going to reach out. We're going to share the love of Jesus with the people around us. We're going to see the needs of our community. We're going to be involved. 
and we're going to share outreach and then we looked at discipleship it's not just being strong in faith but we want to grow people in faith and we want to be intentional in that and we want to be intentional just in love but connecting with one another now to be honest with you the last six months has been very difficult in all those three areas it's actually been quite tiring and it's taken its toll but the challenge I have for you is actually this is important. We've seen what has happened, where we've come from as a church. Now we need to start talking about where we're going. And it's not just talking about it. We actually need to make this happen. And we've got to do this together. We talk about discipleship. Our teams, we've got some teams of people working on this. Um, they come up with some really cool stuff. And now another team is going, pouring over that information that's come through. We've had our connection and outreach team out there looking, talking. And this week I'll be sending an email out because they want to gather again and I'm going to open it up to anyone who wants to come and hear what they've brought together. And then we can talk about this and debate on this and talk about what our, our next steps in this. We talk about Sunday services. How do we gather together as a church community? My grandmother used to say, you don't come to, ch to Sunday lunch, don't come at all. I'm like, what? She's Italian, you know, been in your face. This is time for family, she used to say. You don't mess with the family. That sounds kind of mafia-esque, I know. <laughs> she was scary, okay? But that's how important it was for her. She used to say, you've got six and a half days to do whatever you want. Whatever you want. But this time is for family. And it was boring as a kid, you know? You kind of sit there and all the adults are talking and doing their stuff and you'd be sitting there going, I don't like artichokes, mom. Eat your food. Ugh, now I love them. Yeah, go figure. Sunday services, how important are our gatherings? How important are we doing things to help people grow in Christ? And lastly, appearance. One thing that we have been struggling on, and, and you know, Glenn was like, Rob, we've dropped the ball. We've got to, we've got to get onto this. We've got um, the team that came up with it. They've coined these three things. Uh, uh, drive by, walk by, walk through. These are three areas in which people have the opportunity to see us. They drive by, they've got a few seconds just to see what's going on. Are there a way for people to see us there? What about those who walk by? Do they see anything going on? No, they see a cafe and a kebab shop, and that's about it. And those who walk through are still pretty confused about what's going on around them. Spaces are great, but do they know us? Do they see us? Are we engaging with people around us? These are the areas that we're going to be pushing for the next year. And then we'll evaluate it again this time next year to see where we're at. And if you want to get on board, oh man, I'd love your help. I'd love your help. We need help with discipleship. We need help with how we can connect and outreach. We need help from you know, people who want to help out on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. You know, and we need help with how do we get ourselves out there? How do people see us and know us and know what we're doing? We need to move from reaction to proaction. And a lot of what we've done over the last four years has been 
a reaction. We have a wall down the middle of our church. We need to get rid of the wall. Okay, let's get rid of the wall. We need to move things around because someone else is coming in, so we move things around. We're running low on money, so we better do something else. And so all these reactions, they're not invalid. They're, they're valid reactions. But why can't we start being proactive in the way we look at things? One of the things that we realized this year that was a burden on this church is our debt load. Our mortgage is dictating how we support our ministries. It dictates what we are doing in so many insidious ways. Now I know there's some of you out there that are quite financially um, really good at these things and think, hey, you know, interest rates are low and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. But one more downturn and I don't want to go through another march again. I don't want to put that burden on the finance team. I don't want to carry that burden and I don't want to pour that burden out on you guys. One more, just one more downturn. What is that going to do to us? So we're Richard came into a, uh, the finance team came into an elders meeting and, and, and Richard's like, okay, we, you know, we, we, we're going to double up on, on, our, on our payment on our mortgage. We're going to actually budget it. We're not even going to ask the church. We're just going to put it right in the budget. We're saving money because we, we haven't got another staff member. So, so guess who's carrying that load now? Not just me, by the way. Others. Which might be a good thing. At the moment, it's not. But he comes in and he says, let's, let's do this. And we're like, yeah, that's a great idea. And good old Debbie, she's not here. Debbie wants round numbers. So she goes, oh, okay, does that mean we're going to pay off the mortgage by how much? By, by, by September 2022. And, and Richard's just getting out all the numbers because he's very meticulous, you know, all the numbers down. And he was like, uh, if we, we go at the rate we're going, we're going to be at uh, $507,046. You know? and, and Debbie's like, 500000 So we're going to get down to 500000 and he goes, yeah, if we can get to that, that'd be good. And then Richard does something that's very unusual for him. He says, but I think we can get down to 300. And Debbie's like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And John surprised me too. He's like, yeah, I think we can do it. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness. What are these guys doing? These are usually the guys who are going the other way. And they're all getting excited. And then I make this blasé comment. I said, if we're going to go to 300, we might as well go to zero. Okay, we can do it. I didn't say that, did I? But actually, why not? Why not? That is what we are planning to do by September 2022. We plan to be mortgage-free. And we want to free up that money and we're going to go on a journey over these next two years around discipleship and connection and outreach and what Sunday services may or may not look like and what appearance may or may not look like. We're going to go on a journey. 
and we're going to dream what we can do. You're not going to leave it to me to do it. We're going to do this together. But we need to get this out of the way. That's a lot to ask because I actually have to ask you to keep giving what you're giving. Our regular giving needs to stay where it's at. Right now, we're doing well. You guys are awesome. But we need to keep it there. Here's the catch. We've got to come up with $600,000 in two years or 580. That equates to $25,000 per month. 125 givers will need to give an extra $200 a month. And I know that's asking a lot. And I know that a lot of us here look at that and think, we can't do that, Rob. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to think about it. You might only be able to give 20, 50. Some of you might be able to give 500. And then I want us to work together to figure out how we can make this happen. I've been raking my head the last four weeks when I knew what the elders and the finance team wanted me to present to you. And I'm trying to think up some really cool ideas. And, you know, we had the hands at one point and the seats on another point and all this great stuff. For those of you who weren't part of all those fundraisers over the last five years, you're like, what is he talking about? But those of you who know, know what I'm talking about. All these great ideas that motivate us. I can't come up with anything other than to say, we need to invest in this place because it's here that we are called we are turning the church completely upside down and at some point I want us to be in a position that rather than paying debt we're supporting ministries fully wholeheartedly Locally, globally. Turning reaction to proaction. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. I'm not asking you to resolve this. I'm asking you, will you journey with us? Will you journey with us? I don't usually give that challenging sermons, do I? <laughs> Father God, this is your place and, and you've called us to it and, and at times it feels overwhelming. At times it feels crazy. But we are your people. This is your place. And time and again, when we thought and we felt we couldn't do this, you have stepped in. When we were stuck in a place with a wall that divided us, you stepped in. When we were stuck retreating further and further back, you stepped in. And so we ask you now to step in, Lord. Help us to lay a foundation. 
so that we can become less reactive and more proactive to see your kingdom come, to see lives saved in the name of Jesus. Your kingdom come here. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll send information this week about how you can help and anyone who's got ideas, I am an open book. Throw them to me. And we'll do this together. Amen? I'm going to ask the music team to come up. I know it's 11.30. The kids have gone down a little bit later than usual. But I think if we end on a worship song, we've also got an announcement about uh, the um, elders. I think both of them have passed. Both have passed. Uh, I need to move to destroy the papers. Uh, anyone want to second that? I've got uh, Johan at the back there, and who seconds? Johan, uh, Lee, and yep, everybody else. Okay. C- congratulations, guys. Um, let's worship the Lord, and then we'll head out.